Amen. Are you guys ready for a word this morning? Yeah. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Because if you're ready to hear it, I'm ready to preach it. Amen. Because I believe God has given us a word for such a time as this. I love how his word speaks directly to us in the seasons that we're in, in the moments that we're in, even though it was written over 2,000 years ago, it still speaks directly to us and challenges us and encourages us and convicts us to be more like him. Amen. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says this, it says, for us, for us, come on, touch your neighbor, say it was for us, for us, a child is born, for us, touch him again, say it's for us, for us, a son is given, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. How many of you like the sound of peace in your life, peace in your family? Amen. But it's found in Christ, in Christ alone. It's found in him and him alone. And of the increase of his government and of his peace there will be no end it was for us that a child was born for us a son is given father we thank you for your word jesus we love you this morning we thank you that you came for us that you dwelt among us that Lord it's for us and I pray that today that would be the revelation that we that we seek and that we live according to touch your people this morning and I pray Lord if people came in today beat up they leave built up in Jesus name they've come in this morning God with with turmoil in their life I pray for peace that surpasses all understanding to come over them during this time I pray Lord that this Christmas season would bring with it your peace and your joy not what the world tries to put on us during the season but rather God what you have designed the season to be about let it be about that with us I pray in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen amen listen before you're seated high five ten people let's just do ten ten people and tell them say it was for us It was for us. It was for us. Praise the Lord. But today, man, we're going to wrap up our year-long series titled The Saga of Salvation. Amen. Amen. We're going to wrap it up. And what we've been doing over the past year is just walking throughout Scripture, just seeing how every single story points to the saga, the story of salvation. And we're going to end it today with a message, in case you haven't caught on yet, titled, For Us. Come on, touch your neighbor. It was for us. Tell them. It was for us. It was for us. But really quickly here, I do want to say this, that, that Pastor Micah did such an amazing job last week. Amen. Well, I tell you, he's such a blessing to, to our family and to our church. Um, he's always available, always to be used by God and, and seeks God for a word and even when I tell him what word to preach, he's still going to seek God on how he should preach it. Amen. 
But now he did an incredible, incredible job. See, Julie and I, my wife and I and our two kids, we were back in, in Ohio, what I call God's country. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I thought I'd get a little boo. You know I mean? Some of you are looking at me like you're going to kill me. I'm just playing. It's a joke. It's a joke. No, but we got to go back and spend some time with, our, with my family. And, um, you know, it was great to be there. But, but man, this is home. You know what I mean? This is home. And it's good to be home. I am not a Penn State fan. <clears throat> I'm still a Buckeye fan. It was so funny when I was wearing that, that Penn State hoodie up here preaching a couple weeks ago. My dad commented like, what is the matter with you? <laughs> Did you get flipped to the dark side? <laughs> like, no, not yet, dad. Not yet. But I, hey, nothing's impossible with God. <laughs> but no, it's, it's so good to be able to, to know that when I'm gone, you guys are receiving a word straight from God's word. And, and man, but I, I loved how, how he talked about prophecy and fulfillment. And I love how he did it. I love the way he brought it out about the odds of fulfilling prophecy. And one of the things that he talked about was the, the odds of fulfilling eight prophecies. Eight prophecies. It was this. He said it was one in 100 quintillionth of a chance. Now he said some other term, but because I'm always right, we're gonna go with my term, okay? <laughs> but he said it is one to 100 quintillionth of a chance for someone to fulfill eight prophecies, eight different events, eight different characteristics. It's, it's one and one with 18 zeros after that one in order for someone to fulfill just eight prophecies. That's how that's how drastically difficult it is. People would have to beat extraordinary odds in order to fulfill eight biblical prophecies. That's just eight. And 48, 48 different prophetic words. The odds decrease dramatically. Dramatically. So much so that they don't even have a term for that number. There's not a quintillionth, a bazillionth, nothing for it. It is one and 157th power. One to the 157th power. That's crazy. I don't even know what that number is. We just know that, that in other words, what they're saying is it could not happen. It would not happen. It is impossible for someone to fulfill 48 prophecies. Matter of fact, we have a better chance of hitting the Powerball 100 times in a row than someone fulfilling 48 prophecies. The odds is of this taking place is literally impossible. No one could fulfill eight prophecies, let alone 48 prophecies. No one, except one. There's only, there's only one. That's why he has the name that is above every other name. That's why at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's, there's only one. That's why he's been given the only name by which men and women must be saved. Only, only one. Only one. This is why the angels worship him and bow before him and hearken to every word that he says. That's why when he speaks, a hundred billion failures disappear. <laughs> where you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind you, so will I. I don't care if I can, can carry a tune in a bucket. He's still worthy of my worship. 
Amen. See, he's the resurrection and the life. There's no one before him. There's no one above him. There's no one like him. He's called Emmanuel, God with us and for us and in us. It's all for, for us. It's all for us. Touch your neighbor. Tell him again. It was for us. It's for us. So listen to me. Eight prophecies. Astronomical odds to fill it. 48 prophecies. There's no way to fulfill it. 300 prophecies. Only one could fulfill it. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he did it all. Every single bit of it for us. He came to fulfill the law, not abolish it. To fulfill every prophetic word spoken about the Savior for us. So that we would know that it's in him we live, we move, and we have our being. It was for us. It was for us that a child is born. For, for us. A son is given. It's for us. For God so loved. <laughs> he so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son. So that whosoever whosoever, don't matter your color, your creed, your background, your ethnicity, your social status, it don't matter. Whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life for us. Salvation was for us. Jesus didn't need to be saved. Newsflash. It was for, it was all for us. Touch your neighbor, tell him again, it was for us. It was for us. We're gonna do this about 50 times today, so get used to it. We've only done it 20, so we got 30 more to go. I've been keeping track right here. Yeah, man. It's all in here. That's scary. See, the creator of all things, the creator of everything, that by the very splendor of his breath, the galaxies were formed. The creator of all things became like those he created so he could save them from their sin. That's why he did it. He, he did it all for us. And so I was thinking about this, right? I was thinking about the birth of Christ. I was thinking about his birth. And I was thinking about how, how Christmas marks the fulfillment and the fruition of salvation. That's what Christmas is. This is why we say Merry Christmas. Today, our Savior is born. Amen. Amen. I've had people say, well, if you can prove to me that he was born on Christmas, I might celebrate it that way. I'm like, what does it matter? What does it matter? It's still specific for him. It's all for him. So worship him because it's all about him. And it was all, it was all for us. But I was thinking about his birth and how from an earthly perspective, from an earthly viewpoint, from an earthly outlook and from an earthly lens, looking at it earthly, from an earthly perspective, it wasn't impressive at all. It wasn't impressive and it actually was very repetitive. It was repetitive. See, it wasn't impressive in, in this, that he was born in a barn. The Savior was born in a barn, wrapped in some swaddling clothes, whatever that even is. Soft clothes that they found laying around the barn to wrap him in. It wasn't impressive. He's surrounded by donkeys and camels and all other types of animals. It wasn't impressive. He comes, the Savior, the one true king, for us, and he's born in a barn while he's doing it. Because there's no room for him in the end. They don't even have a hotel room for him. It wasn't impressive whatsoever. And also I was thinking about, not only was he born in a barn, 
but he was also born on the hit list. He was born on a hit list, Jack. He had, he had assassins all over the place looking for him. Born on a hit list. See, the, the, the Herod, the king in the palace, was looking to kill the king in the barn. Threatened by a baby in a barn. He's on a hit list. Herod makes this decree to kill all the babies, baby boys under two years old. Kill them all in hopes that it would kill him. That we killed Jesus. Wasn't impressive. He was born on the hit list. Matter of fact, I'd probably describe it as pretty scary. <laughs> pretty scary. Not only that, was he born in a barn, but born on a hit list. He was born of a virgin. This wasn't impressive from an earthly perspective. This is scandalous. This is completely scandalous. I want you to think about that for a moment. Because the rumors would have been swirling. Don't tell me they wouldn't. There are people just like us. We'd all do the same thing. Like, you hope, okay, huh, sure. God did it. That's what we would do. Because I want you to think about poor Joseph, right? He's stuck in the middle of this thing. He's stuck right in the dead center of it. God gives him a word, hey, don't divorce her. I mean, she's pregnant with the Holy Ghost. God, what? But he's got to go tell mom and dad. I mean, think about that conversation. You know what I mean? Like you walk in, hey, mom, dad, um, got to talk to you for a minute. <clears throat> Mary's pregnant. <clears throat> it ain't mine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> come again. Yeah, <clears throat> it's God's. <laughs> and then you just get the heck out of there, right? Like, I'm gone. <laughs> Holy Spirit, deal with them. And you know, after the parents heard it, they're people just like me and you. They would have had to seek counsel from other people, right? This is what Christians do. We got to seek prayer. So we're going to talk about this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the rumors would have been swirling. It wasn't impressive. It was scandalous from an earthly perspective. No palace, no servants, no servant guards. A baby born in a barn. A virgin baby born in a barn. Wasn't, wasn't impressive, impressive at all from an earthly perspective. To, to be honest with you, if it's me, right? If I want to save some people, I want to redeem some people, I'm going to send a warrior. I'm going to send no baby to do a man's job. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. I'm just being honest. This is, I would have sent a warrior. I'd have called up SEAL Team 6, like, go get them. Bin Laden ain't got nothing on me. Like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm telling you, I would have sent a fighter, a recognizable fighter that could fight like no one else could fight. Not a baby. Someone who could wield a sword and ride a horse. If it was, if it was me, I'd have sent him riding on the clouds, shining like the sun with his robe dipped in blood and a tattoo on his thigh, singing King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm the baddest dude around. That would be what I would think would be impressive. That's impressive. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you want to know the illustration, that's how Jesus is coming the second time. Amen. Coming to get his people, to redeem his people, to bring them unto himself. It's incredible. That's where I got it from. I didn't just make that up. <laughs> I got good imagination. Probably not that good. Wasn't impressive. It was a baby in a barn. I think about uh, Sweet Home Alabama. You got a baby in a barn. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say it. It kept coming in my head just now. So you got to get it out. So don't keep messing with me. <clears throat> wasn't impressive and it was repetitive in the fact that babies are born every day babies are born it's no big deal 
There's babies born every day, multiple times throughout the day. It's repetitive. Look what's so special about this baby. It's just a baby. It's, it's not impressive. And it is repetitive from earth's perspective, but a heavenly perspective. That's something completely different. See, from heaven's perspective, it was awesome. It was incredible. See, because what heaven is witnessing, what they are seeing is the everlasting father, the prince of peace, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God is he wrapping himself in human flesh for us. Heaven's darling, bankrupting heaven for a time. For us, it was, it was awesome. The immortal becoming mortal for such a time as, as this it was awesome. Merry Christmas. This is what heaven was saying. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive their king. Let earth understand what is happening in this moment. Let them have a, a heavenly perspective, not an earthly one. See, the earth was saying, oh, it's not impressive. It's repetitive. And heaven is saying, Merry Christmas, earth. <laughs> it is awesome what God is doing right now in your midst, making himself, wrapping himself in weak human flesh the creator it was awesome because remember food is good and sports are good but god is only awesome remember that by the way I had somebody the other day say to me man that was awesome i met i met pastor it was good not awesome i was like there you go <laughs> it was awesome and heaven is witnessing this awesome creator becoming like those he created they're witnessing the all-powerful god being born as a baby in a barn to redeem the world. And it was all for us. It was all for us, for us. It's for us that a, that a child was born. It was, it was for us that a son was, was given. Touch your neighbor again, say it was for us. Tell him, say it was for us. It was for us. Don't hit them too hard though. You know what I mean? Like, It was for us. Listen to me. We have to understand. I'm thirsty today. We have to understand and realize why Jesus did what he did. We have to. Because if we don't, we'll never know the cost of what he did. And if you don't know the cost, you'll never love him the way he has designed and desired for you and for me to love him. We'll keep loving him from an earthly perspective. Like God's cool with whatever I do. He's cool. It's cool because he did it for us. So it's, it's cool. This is how we'll love him if we don't understand what he did for us and why he did what he did. See, if Jesus didn't come as a baby, he would have never known what it was like to be raised as a baby and from a baby. He wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have been able to say to us and identify with us in every season that we are in. From the time we were born, till the time we die, from the time we come into this earth to the time we leave it. He did all of that for us, but if he wouldn't have been born as a baby, he wouldn't be able to relate with the things that we, we go through. He wouldn't be able to say, son, I know your pain. Daughter, I see your hurt. I've, I've been there. 
I, I understand it. See, he, he came because he wanted to identify completely with us, know exactly what we're going through. Jesus wanted to, to experience loss. So he knew what it felt like when we lost somebody. He wanted to experience hurt. He wanted to experience loneliness. He even wanted to experience what it's like to be hungry. He don't know what it's like to be hungry in his glorified state. Being hungry is a fleshly trait, not a spiritual state. That's fleshly. That's why we're supposed to fast. Amen. So we can crucify this body and make it, make it our slave, make it his slave not a slave to food. Jesus wanted to know what it was like to be hungry. He wanted to know what it was like to be tired because the Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. Amen. That's why at 3 a.m. when you wake up and you have to go to the bathroom because you're getting older. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you can hit God up and say, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, God. There's none like you, God. And you don't have to wake him up. He's on call. That's why he says that he will never leave you nor forsake you because he never sleeps nor slumbers. He, he wanted to know what it was like to be tired so he could completely identify with us. He wanted to know what it was like to be tempted. He wanted to know. The Bible says that we now have a high priest that was tempted in every single way that we are except was without sin. So now he understands exactly what we've been through. Jesus wanted to experience all of it. Say it with me. For what? For us. For us. So that no matter what you go through, no matter where you are in your life or in this journey, he can say, I know how you feel. I know what you're thinking because I've been there and I've done it. This is why he did it. And now I'll stick closer to you than a brother so that I know you'll make it through it. So I know you will. He did it all for for us. It's incredible. It's incredible. See, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He came to earth like us, except unlike us. He lived a perfect and sinless life. Perfect. None of us can say that. That might be newsflash to some of you. The Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. We've all done things that are displeasing to God, not honoring God. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So Jesus came. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could be called the righteousness of God. It was for us. It was all for us. And it's such an incredible, incredible thing. And it's amazing to me, right, how God came the way, the way he came. Because do you know he could have done it any other way he wanted to do it? God could have done it however he wanted to do it. He's the all-powerful God. He's the complete sovereign God. It's his story. He could have wrote it any way that he felt like writing it. He didn't have to come himself. He could have sent a proxy. He could have sent an assistant. Like, go handle this for me. He could have. Because at his word, everything bowed down to him. So he didn't have to come himself. He, he is the almighty God. But instead, he decided to come himself. You know, Jesus says it this way. He says, no one takes my life. No one takes my life. But I lie it down. I lay it down on my own accord. 
I have the authority to lay it down and to raise it up. In other words, I can do what I wanna do with it. And I choose, I choose to come myself. The Father and I have decided to do it this way, to come myself, so that I can demonstrate my love for you. So I choose to come myself. Because after all, did you know you're called the bride of Christ? Did you know that? You are the bride of Christ. So he came himself. Could you imagine on your wedding day, you sent in a proxy to go do it for you? Like, just go say I do to him for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, just go tell her I love her. Yeah, she'll, she'll, it's cool. It's cool. Not sure we'd feel the love. <laughs> I think you better show up yourself at your wedding day. With your own lips, say I do. With your own actions, say I love you. Jesus came himself for his bride. He came himself. And it's wild because while he was here on this earth, while he was walking through the earth to purchase salvation for the many, salvation for the entire world, while he was here, while he was here, he said, I might as well experience everything that they experience as well. I'll experience it all with them. Why? So that I could be El Shaddai. So that they can know me as the all-sufficient one. Isaiah 53 says it this way. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed telling us that the peace that Jesus gives us, the peace that he leaves us, this peace that surpasses all understanding is a byproduct of salvation. It's a byproduct. Salvation is the main course. Peace is the dessert. Just, just an extra. Salvation is the reason that he, that he came. But while he was here walking through this earth, he said, I'm gonna bear the stripes so that my people can be healed. Not that they might be healed, not that they could be healed, or if I feel like healing, no, no. By my stripes, you are healed. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Healing, another byproduct of salvation. He didn't come just to heal, he came to save, because scripture tells us that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. That's why he came. That's why he leaves the 99 to go get the one more. Because he came to save. This is, this is what he does. It's who he is. But a byproduct of all that is healing and peace and comfort and joy. And he did it all for us. Jesus dealt with all these different things in this life. He dealt with pain. He dealt with disappointment. Dealt with temptation. Dealt with death and disease and infirmities. So that we could walk in victory so that we could have life and life more abundantly. See, Jesus didn't just purchase salvation just so we could go to heaven. He did it all. He did it all so that we would have authority over the forces of darkness, so that the enemy would be at our feet, so that he could give us the keys to the kingdom, that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. This is why he did all that. He, it was for us that a, a child was born. 
For us, a son was given. He came for us. And he came himself. Jesus was fully God and fully man. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Wow. It's incredible. And he did it all for us. Sacrificed his life for us. Come as a baby in a manger for us. So that everyone who would call on his name would be saved. Scripture says that before the foundation of the world was formed, the Lamb of God was slain for the sins of the world. So that through his blood, the many would be made righteous. This is the saga of salvation. And it's for us, and this is what Christmas marks the fulfillment and the fruition of this amazing love from a father who is so good. For us, a child is born. For, for us, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. See all the things that he dealt with in life. Now he can be wonderful counselor. He can counsel you right through it. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of, of peace and of the increase of his government and of his peace. There'll be no end. There's no end. He stretches from everlasting to everlasting. It's incredible. All for us all for us come on and stand to your feet with me but did you know that since he did it for us we got to live for him he did it for us so now we live for him did you hear me he did it for us so now we live for him we don't live this life in any way that we feel like living it. It's just not what it is. We have been purchased with a price. Our life is not our own anymore. It's not our own. It's not mine. It's his. I'm going to do what he said. It's his. He did it for us so we live for him. He didn't do it for us just so we can keep living for ourselves. Doing what feels good to us. Doing the moment that we feel like doing whatever it is we want to do and then say, God, forgive me in the other moment. No, no, no. He did it for us so that we live for him, so that we have the power and the authority to live for him, to pursue him with everything that is within us. That's why he did it. Not so we could continue to do what we want. We have a role to play in this because he did it for us. There's a role we play for him. It's pretty simple, actually. It's pretty simple. Did, did you know the Bible says this, that narrow is the gate to righteousness. Wide is the path to destruction. Do you know why the gate is narrow? Not because it's hard. Because there's only one. There's only one way. There's not multiple ways that you got to choose from. There's only one. It's real easy. It's just you, Jesus. It's only you, Jesus. If I'm, I'm found in you, Jesus, I have life and life more abundantly. My life is no longer my own. As long as I have you. See, our role is to, to receive and believe that he is Lord and Savior of our lives. 
See, we have to go from an earthly perspective, thinking that it's not that impressive and it's kind of repetitive of this gospel message. I mean, I've heard it over and over again and it's, it's really not all that impressive to a heavenly perspective of, oh my goodness, this is awesome. This is awesome. For us, a child was born. God, for us, a son was given. Wow. See, the Bible says this, that the message of salvation is foolishness to the world. It's not impressive. It's repetitive. It's not impressive. It's foolishness to the world. But to us who are being saved by it, who understand and realize it, it's the very power of God. This is why we have to go from an earthly perspective to a heavenly perspective so that we see and understand why he did it. So we'll continue to live for him. He did it all for us. But because he did it for us, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the life I live in the body, I live by faith. And the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, and because he did it for me, I'm going to live for him. That has to be the declaration of our hearts. We have to stop pursuing the things of this world and pursue him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things, they'll be added. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's all his anyway. It's all his. Since he did it for us, we've, we've got to live for him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Holy Spirit, I ask that right now, you would start to pull people closer to you. And Lord, those that are far from you, I pray right now, by the power and the revelation of your Holy Spirit, they would turn to you in this moment, turn from their lifestyle and turn to you. Let them realize that it was for us a child was born. It was for us that a son was given. And in that, because it was for us, we choose to live for you. Lord, continue to draw people close to you. 